Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Hello there. Hi, I hit record. Yes. You oh, it's you guys it. again. Oh, hi there. It's uh hey, welcome to Crime oh, Curious. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm, us. It's us. It's Charnel and Amber. And we Merry Christmas. Merry freaking Christmas, everyone. If you're listening to this on the same day it releases, it's the day before Christmas Eve. Yes, it is. Tomorrow night Santa comes. Deck the halls. Yes. We're wrapping up tis the season. We are. Because it is the season. To be jolly. And I'm bringing you a case where no one is murdered. I am excited about this. We're going to have so much fun with this case. And it makes me want fruitcake because I know that's something to do with your Oh, yeah. The case. whole thing is fruitcake. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it is the embodiment of what fruitcake really is. But I actually looked on the back the calorie contents of fruitcake. Oh, don't oh do that. Don't God. do that. No. Like a crumb is 250 calories. Yeah. You don't want to eat one <laughs> so if you're bad. on a diet yes. ever. I do kind of get into the history a little bit of fruitcakes. Mm. But first I want to tell you, there is a documentary out. Just came out December December 1st. I had actually heard about this case prior to that. Mm-hmm. So the documentary was just like icing on the cake, if you will, which mm-hmm. fun fact. <laughs> Some countries put icing on their fruitcake. Oh, I bet that would be yummy. I think so. Other people think it's an abomination when you put icing on a fruitcake. So there are some strong opinions about fruitcaking here. That's good to know. I didn't didn't know that. But there is a documentary called Fruitcake Fraud, which I happened to watch after I had already wrote this episode because I knew. I mean, I've been saving this gem for this season. And you guys watch it because it's not long and the characters in it I don't mean to say characters they're real life people (laughs) they might even be listening I don't know I love them I love them I love them they are just the salt of the earth good old southern Texans love it and I oh I really, I got no, a I kick see out of it. it. I had to, I giggled a lot. Did you? When watching, just some of the stuff they said, of like, that is so, that that's so um, Texas America. I just loved it. They sound like good peeps. They, yes. Yeah, they they did. And actually, it's funny that you say that because, because they're good people is how, unfortunately, some of these events unfolded and we'll yeah we'll get to that okay but that's was you know I did want to just throw that throw that out there but there is a movie called fruitcake that is currently being made and Will Ferrell is in it so you will be able to someday watch a movie about that that was based on this true crime yep yep yep, I will look forward to that but first let me tell you about the fruitcake yes it is a cake that's made with candied or dried fruit nuts in some cases and spices it is optionally soaked in spirits 
Yeah, mm. soak mine in Not all an the option spirits here. Yeah. <laughs> you all the spirits you yeah. give them. I want that shit haunted. <laughs> okay, fully, yes. fully, fully haunted. haunted. I would pass on the nuts too. I'm not a big nut fan in my fruit cake. I usually like the nuts. Do you? I do. I actually, can I confess, I've never had fruit cake. Really? No. It's I just been think a long any time. sort of cake soaked in alcohol sounds like it's right up my alley. You and you throw some nuts and candy in it. Fuck yeah. We need to try one. Like I haven't had it in years. I remember like as a kid trying yeah. it. Um, I don't remember it being anything that blew my mind. Perhaps we should buy one from the Collins Street Bakery. They ship. We're going to get to it about how they ship. We'll support them. (laughs) We were actually, we, we were talking about fruitcake one day. I can't even remember why, but how like it lasts forever. And so I had taken a picture of one in the store and sent it to Charnel and I'm like, like a quote, like I was the fruitcake and I'm like, I am timeless. I will survive your whole family. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. It's and you the more you soak it in spirits, the more it preserves. It will preserve. It. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's true and that actually, it's that we get to that as well. Okay, good. Yes. I was gonna say I, I wanna know if that's you, true. It is. I will give you all the info. So the earliest recipe of a fruitcake though goes back to ancient Rome. Ancient freaking Rome. Oh, one should know it. Yes. It had pomegranate seeds, pine nuts, and raisins that were mixed into barley mash. That sounds horrible. It does. It sounds (laughs) disgusting. It really does. But in the Middle Ages, they added honey and some spices and preserved fruits. So fruit fruit cakes soon infiltrated all over Europe. Trending. Yes. Like your tiny penises from yes, last They last are episode. trending. Trending. So recipes varied greatly in different countries throughout the ages, depending on the available ingredients, of course. Mm-hmm. And in some instances, church regulations, which forbade the use of butter. What? I'm sorry. I don't understand. Not my religion. No. I can tell you that. <laughs> no. You can't thou shall not use butter. I don't remember that being in a in the commandments. I see this as Satan worshiping yes. and only. This is not okay. <laughs> um however, in observance of fasting. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. My grandma gives up butter for um uh, Lent. Yes, yes, that's what they're that's and, what they're talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. So Pope Innocent from 1432 to 1492 finally granted the use of butter. So thank you, <laughs> that is Pope like Innocent, the, the purest Pope name ever. Yes, Pope Innocent. <laughs> like he's the most perfect man he's that's ever lived. Actually, Pope Innocent the Ninth. Oh, oh, there so were eight before area. him. Yes, <laughs> generations. Yeah. <laughs> Most pure man. Yes. Okay. And he actually did a written permission known as the butter letter or butter brief in nineteen in fourteen ninety, giving permission to use milk and butter in fruit cakes. Wow. This is a big deal. You had no idea that I was bringing you such history. I did had, you know that the fruit cake was this big of a deal? No, and they had to fight to use butter. Butter. In it. 
Yes. So Thank you, Pope Innocent. Pope the Innocent the Ninth loved him some butter. I feel like if we poked him in the belly, he would be like a Pillsbury Doughboy I and just go grateful for that because I love butter too. And so I, I I respect his fight Me too. for this. Me too. Starting in the 16th century, sugar from the American colonies and the discovery that high concentrations of sugar could preserve fruits created an access. Yeah, excess, not access, excuse me, <laughs> excess. I'm good with the words of candied. So they had a, an, an excess of candied fruits, thus making fruitcakes more affordable Ooh, and more popular. Okay. So yeah. they would candy their fruits. Yes, they would with all that, fruits. With all that sugar. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So the typical American fruitcakes are rich with fruits and nuts, much like America. Mm-hmm. Just rich with fruits and nuts. And... Mail order fruitcakes in America began in 1913. Some well-known American bakers of fruitcake include the Collins Street Bakery in Corsicana, Texas, which is what our case is about today. Okay. The Claxton Bakery in Claxton, Georgia. And both Collins Street and Claxton are southern companies with inexpensive access to large nut quantities for which the expression nutty as a fruitcake was derived in 1935. Wow, now I know where it came from. Yep. And commercial fruitcakes are often were were often sold like from catalogs and for charities and fundraisers and still are today. Yeah. Interesting. Now most American mass-produced fruitcakes are alcohol-free. But those made according to traditional recipes are saturated in liqueurs and brandy and covered in powdered sugar, Mm. both of which prevent mold. For all of eternity. What I'm hearing is, I'm going to do this with my bread. Sorry, kids. No more (laughs) bread for you. It's got mama's brandy on it. I love this. I love it all. <sighs> so brandy or which is or wine, you can do it with wine. Soak uh soaked linens could be used to store the fruit cakes, which I have seen that. It's they like wrap wrapped, it. It looks like it's wrapped in a little sheet. Oh, little sheets for the fruit cakes. Yes, they those little sheets are soaked in wine. Booze sheets. Or brandy. Some booze sheets. I love it. Sign me up for that. Why are my sheets not soaked in wine or brandy? Do you want to make fruitcakes next week? Really do. I'm thinking this is what our, we need to our do. Our week off. Oh, hey, by the way, everybody, next week is between Christmas and New Year's. We won't be releasing new episodes, but uh, we will be back on January 2nd with fresh new para episodes for you. Yeah. Yeah, we, we should make fruitcake. We should. We will not get past just drinking the booze. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. The booze sheets. Some, <laughs> well, gonna, that's where it'll end. It will. <laughs> the booze sheets. So some people feel that fruit cakes improve with age, so they prefer to to soak them and to wait centuries before oh. eating them. <laughs> centuries. centuries might be pushing it, but it could probably happen. In the United States, the fruit cake has become a ridiculed dessert, in part due to the mass-produced, inexpensive cakes of questionable age. Sounds sounds like most things in America, too, by the way. <laughs> Mass-produced and questionable <laughs> age. Yup. Sounds like me at a grocery store. <laughs> Some attribute the beginning of this trend to The Tonight Show with host Johnny Carson. He would joke that there really is only one fruitcake in the world that was passed from family to family. 
After Carson's death, the tradition continued with the fruitcake lady who made appearances on the show and offered her fruitcake opinions. In fact, the fruitcake has been a butt of jokes on television programs uh, such as Father Knows Best, The Donna Reed Show, years before The Tonight Show debuted, and appears to have first become a, a confection in the early 20th century as evidenced by Warner Brothers cartoons. So the fruitcake being a joke is not a new concept really, to us here. I'm really sad that Johnny Carson gave the fruitcake a bad rap. He had like this really funny bit though about how there's a, about the one fruitcake mm-hmm. in the, you know, those just passed oh. generations to, you know, family to family. Uh-huh. Like oh, here's grandma's fruitcake and great, great grandma's fruitcake and stuff. And so, I mean, he was, it really was funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll let it slide then. Yes, yes. There is even, in 1995, in Manitow Springs, Colorado, hosted the Great Fruitcake Toss on the first Saturday of every January. We encourage the... I this love is, this. This is a quote. We encourage the use of recycled fruitcakes, says Leslie Lewis of the Manitow Springs Chamber of Commerce. The all-time Great Fruitcake Toss record is 1,420 feet set in January 2007 by a group of eight Boeing engineers who built the Omega 380, a mock artillery piece fueled by compressed air um, pumped into an exercise bike, and they tossed this fruitcake. Like, that just sounds fun. The time that people have on their hands, I love it. When a fruitcake contains a good deal of alcohol, it can remain edible for many years. Wow. For example, a fruitcake baked in 1878 was kept as an heirloom by a family, Morgan L. Ford, in Tecumseh, Michigan. Nice. Oh, yeah. Wrapping the cake in alcohol-soaked linen. There it is. Yep. There's the, our... Uh, the alcohol sheets. Yes. The brandy sheets. Before storing is one method of lengthening its shelf life, which is what this family did. The 106-year-old fruitcake discovered in 2017 by the Antarctic Heritage Trust was described as in excellent condition and, quote, almost edible. That is impressive. That's like most of my meals. (laughs) Excellent condition, almost edible. I'm impressed that it lasted that long. Me too. I wonder if they tried it at that point. I don't know. I don't know if they were just making these observations. I, that we could look, yeah, we could look more into it. But yeah, eighteen seventy eight. It was wow. a family heirloom. That's amazing. It, it really is. I know what I'm <laughs> passing down to Landon <laughs> for sure. Exactly. I hope you like fruitcake, kid. More so, I hope you like just looking at it and storing it. I'm taking Bring all the other gifts Christmas back. Time. This this is timeless. So this is the gift that keeps on giving that you can give to your children, son. Yes. This here fruitcake. Mom, why does it smell like alcohol? That's what's going to make it Don't last. ask questions, son. <laughs> That's my breath. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the Collins Street Bakery and the crime yeah. that happened here. Yeah. Now, I will have you know that the Collins Street Bakery, in many sources, and from the owner himself, says that their fruitcake is the Dom Perignon of fruitcake. Oh, so this is like the best. The best. The standard of bestest here. The bestest. The bestest of the fruitcakes. Now, the current owner, 
His name is Bob McNutt. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yes, no, it's, it is. It's <laughs> the whole reason I picked the case. Bob, Bob McNutt, I love you. I this is my favorite thing all month that the, that his name is Bob McNutt. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. I don't need anything Bob else. Bob McNutt with two T's. He is the owner of the world's greatest fruitcake bakery that's, um, in that's Corsicana, wonderful. Texas. That is wonderful. And even more wonderful, he is described by his employees and his family and friends as being the most like, genuine, warmest, and funniest guys you'll ever meet. Aww. And I did, when I watched the documentary, like he just comes off, I just love me some Bob, Bob McNutt. <laughs> I have to watch this now. Uh, he is so sweet and just like so. His like soul a is like a fruitcake too. Yes, it's like it's sweet and timeless, mm-hmm. and you know you throw some brandy in there and it'll last forever. <laughs> yes, it's he, wonderful. He just everyone was like he's just in in that he just is, looks like a fruitcake bakery owner that yes. loves life. He's got a name like a fruitcake bakery he owner. Does it I'm was Bob, Bob it McNutt. was meant to be? Yes is also his kindness that set him up for what event, what happens, but it is no fault of his own. He's just too sweet. Okay. Bob McNutt, you're just too sweet. <laughs> Leave Bob McNutt alone, people. Yes. Go buy his fruitcakes because he's a sweetie pie. He's a sweetie cake. <laughs> All right. Tell me what, what happened. Well, I'm going to tell you that the bakery was founded in ni- in 1896 by August Winderman, an immigrant from Wesbian, Germany. Sorry that I definitely butchered all of that. With the help of a local entrepreneur, Tom McElwee. The bakery soon outgrew its original building and required a new one in which the second floor was turned into a hotel. Celebrities such as Will Rogers... I don't know who that is. We're, we're excited. <laughs> oh, my God. Will Rogers. Yep. Um, en- <laughs> Enrico Caruso and Will R- Rogers were cited at the bakery. And in 1914, the Ringling Brothers Circus passed through town. Oh, yeah. I said it. The circus. Wow. Passed through town and ordered dozens of fruitcakes as Christmas gifts to be mailed to friends and family across the globe. And it is because of them that the bakery entered the mail order business because of the Ring Ring Ringling Brothers needing these cakes, these fruit cakes, sent to their families across the globe. Wow! So then it just became a now they're international. That's pretty cool. And they realize, hey, you know what? Fruit cakes can sustain the postal service. Yep, they can withstand the the mail. They sure can. Okay, well, rain, send one, wind or snow. Whatever it is I the love postal people say. It sounds like them like most people get them and then they just don't eat them. And they store like... them with the rest of their Christmas decor. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm gathering. <sighs> Lee William L. W. McNutt Sr., Harry Cook, and Bob Ruthford purchased the bakery in nineteen forty six from August Winderman. So that is how the McNutts came so, to okay. own. The bakery. This is uh, this bakery has a lot of history. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. You don't get to be the Dom Perignon of fruitcakes without some history. No, you're right. In reference to the mail order business started in night that was started in uh, excuse me. In reference to the mail order, the business started in 1947, so a year after um, the McNutt, Harry Cook, and Bob Ruthford purchased the bakery. 
employees copied names and addresses from a bunch of phone books for as like prospectors. Like these are, per, you know, these are potentially humans with mouths and stomachs that could eat our fruitcake. Mm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that is part of like how they initiated their marketing campaign to international customers is just sending them fruitcakes. Oh, I like it. Yep, yep. And that was Lee William McNutt, who, Jr., who helped uh, start that. Under his direction, the bakery began accepting orders by mail, phone, fax, and eventually online. He also pioneered the use of a computerized database and fine-tuned shipping methods to make delivery of the cakes more efficient. The third-generation CEO, Robert Pritchett, or Bob McNutt, born in 1957, has continued to refine all of these methods adopted by his father, L.W. McNutt. And we thought that those things didn't start happening until social media became such a thing. They were shipping these cakes for years. Yes, they were. And it, you know, and Bob's uh, father, Lee, you know, really, really refined. Yep. Started this really refined the whole process. And now Bob is carrying it on. It is a family business. Thomas Max McNutt, born in 1990. As I'm sure you've probably figured this out. This is Bob's son and Lee's grandson. He graduated um, from Texas A&M, and he is the bakery vice president. So it's a fourth-generation family Very member nice. bakery right now. What is really cool, the descendants of the Ringling Circus, the descendants of the Ringling Circus, everyone, continues to order cakes. Oh, because it's like a tradition it for is. them, too. Yes, from the Collins Street Bakery. That's really cool. Isn't that cool? They also have now, like, they're a booming business. So, like, Hilton Hotels was a longtime customer of theirs. Um, they have all kinds of very famous people that really like to come and eat, and eat their goods. I want one now. Like, I feel like I need to order one. Yeah. Oh, I would really like to try them. I got on their website to see. They'd be some pricey fruitcakes. I bet. If the, <laughs> this place is, like, a big deal. It is, and it's apparent it's the best of the best. So you're going to pay some money How much for are it? we talking about a fruitcake like, here? It was, like, $50. But oh. it's a big-ass fruitcake. Oh, so it's, like, a legit Yeah, you're not cake. just getting the little square that looked like, like a little square of gold you know that's the what I've been thing. no no yeah. no they're like big the big circular ones oh, like the bunt okay a bunt fruit cake i bet if you ate that whole thing you would die <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying with all that we're talking about in it no one's tried not surviving nope. no one has tried <laughs> oh. okay fruit cake accounts for 98 percent of the bakery's total sales Wow. This, yeah, the Collins Street Bakery is an actual bakery with cake with cookies and all different types of things. Ninety eight percent of their sales are fruit cakes. Oh my gosh, that's actually incredible that everybody's like, forget the rest of your goods. For Give sure. us the fruit cake. Fuck your cookies. I want your fruit cakes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the company sells about three million wow. pounds of fruit cake each year, which equi- equates to one point five million individual cakes that's amazing yeah to have started so small that it is amazing the majority of those orders are placed by mail during october and november so like you got to get your orders in for oh those yeah cakes. and most of their like and just imagine how busy they are like they're pretty chill most of the year october hits bam, bam. 
they make they ship 20,000 cakes a day starting typically in October. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Holy cow. Despite the heavy demand, the bakery does not have a distributor but sells its branded goods only by mail order system as well as it as in in its two Corsicana stores and locations in Waco and Lindale, Texas. What's this place called again? Collins Street Bakery. I got to look up I I got to look it up. So in the past, some specialty supermarkets and and old private label versions of the fruitcake did exist. Um, So this business is like a family in Corsicana, good old, like I said, American Texas town where people knew each other's families over generations and love one another as well. You guys, these are some good looking fruitcakes. Aren't they some good looking fruitcakes? I agree. That's a pretty fruitcake. Like I would get, I would be Things pleased. Things I never thought I would say. <laughs> I would be pleased. To I won't get lie. This in the mail. I was at Sam's Club today. They had a a, a moist looking fruitcake, if you will. I looked at the label and was like, "Huh, it's no Collins Street." <laughs> I really, that's a true story. They have set the standard. They for have sure. now that I've done this research. So let's get down to brass tacks, shall we? Let's do it. Let's get to the fruits and nuts. If we will. In 1998, Collins Street Bakery hired a bookkeeper, Sandy Jenkins. Now, Sandy Jenkins was a polite, well-mannered, and by all accounts, extremely forgettable accountant. Oh, (laughs) all right. Just. I don't remember her name already. Oh, no, it's a male. He's just a very unremarkable white man. (laughs) Just that's all you need to know. Very unimpressive very basic. Okay. Yes, with a typically feminine name. Yes. I mean, I, I suppose it can be gender. No, not here in Michigan. It's definitely not. Okay. But, oh, wait. Wasn't the babysitter on Friends name Sandy? Yeah. It was played by Freddie. Uh, what's his face? It's a good story, Charnel. All right, moving on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I guess now that I think about it, I have heard Sandy used as a Oops. male name. But oh goodness! So yeah, I think you're right. It could pro- it could be a neutral name. No, it can't. Just- it is a girl's name. All right, just stop it. There we said it. And the reason we are is because we don't. Sandy's not a good guy in this story. So okay. He's, oh, a, okay. he's a very unremarkable man. So not only is he basic and very unforgettable, um, or I mean very forgettable, very but he's forgettable. a horrible person. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, he was he was hatched. Tell me <laughs> for sure. <laughs> he has no that. mother. Yes, he was hatched from an egg. He was. Um so he had aspirations about running his own funeral parlor and having money enough to afford some Lexus vehicles. He likes. He really had high taste for a very average overweight man. It's. <laughs> it sounds like Sandy wanted this funeral business to take him to a bougie. Uh, <laughs> he wanted. Lifestyle. He did. He wanted a whole chain of funeral. He wanted himself an entire franchise of funeral homes, if you will. That's what he would. What he, he would daydream about while he was doing all of his fruitcake accounting. Oh, what a dream. Yeah. Everyone at the bakery loved Sandy, though. His fruitcake accounting. Yeah. His fruitcake accounting. What a jump there. Like, fruit hmm. fruitcake accountant by day, dreaming of a funeral, funeral parlor, franchise. parlor franchise by night. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you like what you like. So... 
Everyone at the bakery did love Sandy. They said he was a really nice guy. And he worked his way up through the company and he was promoted in 2004 to controller. And part of that reason is because he had friendships that like he created friendships at work that he didn't really have in his personal life at all. On the documentary, a a guy named Randy Randy Goolsby was a childhood friend of Sandy. And he said he was a little different, you know, just gathering that. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. He's just like, uh, he was... He was very musically inclined, so he was not a jock at all, but he... Um, Could play a mean piccolo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, played with his piccolo. Because <laughs> no one else would, but he... <laughs> this is hurting me. This is the best. I'm sorry. You're so sick over there, and you're just like <laughs> laughing at Sandy's piccolo. <laughs> and you sound... You sound like, like you smoked a pack yes. of Marlboros before you came to record. I really do. I'm sorry. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New <laughs> Year. <laughs> Merry Christmas, kids. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So Sandy and another girl in his class were voted most fashionable. So he, oh, because he liked, it was important how he looked. Okay. The material things were important. Now, he gets this from his mother, Helen, who really liked material things. And she really loved the the store Neiman Marcus. Oh, Remember when those were schwank, schwank, schwank? I do. Yeah, so she always, Helen always wanted to have a lot of friends. Sandy didn't have a lot of friends. Um, And so when he got the job at the bakery and he found a family there because they really are a family atmosphere and they seem to accept him. He finally felt like he had these friends that his mom had had all along. I want to go work at this bakery now. I know they did make it sound wonderful. And, and so I feel like for him, his mom always aspired to have really nice things. He wanted to as well. He wanted to be socially accepted. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he marries, Sandy marries a woman named Kay. So now she's Kay Jenkins. And I'm going to give you all you need to know about their marriage. They did not share a bedroom, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Okay. And everyone in the town reported that she definitely wore the pants in the relationship. All right. Which doesn't surprise me because he was like really meek and, you know, quiet. She was not. People liked her. She was described as being really nice, but she wanted to be someone in town just as much as Sandy, probably more than Sandy did. Status was important. And basically from what I can gather from the research, Sandy was like an eager, needy little whipped puppy. Okay. Just like, a yeah, it's not a great situation. I'm picturing Sandy, do you remember... Um, the office movie with the guy with the stapler, like yeah, I not movie of, series. You mean? Uh, sorry. Um, Office Space. Oh, Office the Space. Movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, got you. The guy with the stapler that like gets moved to the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Sandy is like that guy. There you go. We'll put so, him right there. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yes. When Sandy was promoted to controller of the uh, of the company. Okay. Oh. Not controller like I control everything. It was like it was his job title in accounting. Okay. Got. All right. Oh, gotcha. He was making about fifty k a year. 
So very okay. decent, average, normal mm-hmm. American salary. Actually quite not high bad. for most of America, as it, a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, not bad at all. Nothing to shake a stick at, and I still don't know what that expression means. But it still just fits, yep. so we are going to use it. That's what we're going to say. But the thing is, is that he was in charge of both sending invoices and clearing and writing checks. Okay, in, in accounting, a that lot of power. Is a, that's a no-no. Okay. Usually in an accounting department, you will have one person that is in charge of sending out the invoices. Yeah, you have to have a chain. Yeah, and then you'll have someone else who is allowed to write checks, and then you can have someone else who authorizes the clearance of checks, okay? That's how it worked at uh, my previous job. Yeah. You have a bill, you submit it, it's signed, someone does a check, like you have to have that chain. Yes, yes. To prevent shit like what? It's going to happen here. Yep. So shady things don't happen. There is a reason that accounting departments have come up with these steps. Mm -hmm. Because embezzlement's a real thing. Because of people like Sandy, Because of people like Sandy Jenkins, who has the most boring name (laughs) ever. It really is just not I just want to say like, Sandy Jenkins. You know, just real dull. It just gives you a picture of like the guy from the from Office Space, or like the guy from Jurassic Park that steals the embryos. Oh, Dennis. Yeah. Like yes. I'm picturing something unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So shortly after he starts his new position in 2004, Sandy starts coming to work with nicer clothing. Started off small, just clothing, then then a nice watch, then a Lexus. Oh, boy. Then he gets a new house that's over. I believe that they said at first, like, his new house was over 200 and some thousand dollars. But then he got a vacation home in New Mexico that was over, like, $700,000. Sandy, you're 50K. I, listen, I'm the first to admit that, uh, you know, I've been mathed a time or two. (laughs) Math, not my strong suit. Same. But 50K a year in a $700,000 vacation home as your second home, Mm. something is not adding up, if you will. I think you're on to something there. Now, his wife Kay started to drive a really nice Lexus as well. And the two were entertaining in their home with the finest of the wines, whiskeys, the finest meats and cheeses. (laughs) We've got meats and we've got cheeses. And they're expensive, people. Uh, Kay was a member of the cotillion. And the parties that they threw would have that they threw together would have two hundred plus people, and they were serving these expensive wine oh and gosh. appetizers. Watch the documentary to hear the explanation of what the Cotillion Club is about. Okay, I s- I'm so watching this. It's amazing. I the um, local townswoman who I think is the head of the Cotillion. She does a lot of talking. I'm curious if people were, were raising eyebrows at Sandy's lifestyle. Yes, they okay. all they were. <laughs> they like, were. How is he getting all this money? But we'll get to that. So here they are with their champagne wishes and caviar dreams. <laughs> Bad and bougie. Yes. Yeah. That is them. Ooh, I like it. Yep. Kay was a talented caterer. And she was into yoga. Like, I, everyone was like, she girl can cook. Okay. So she okay. could yoga and she, she can, can cook. She's flexible. Yeah. She can cook and she can run her mans. Triple threat right there. That's right. 
I have got two out of those three. I'll let you simmer on what you think they are. (laughs) All right. Yes. Everyone loved Kay. She was sweet and kind. She was supportive of Sandy's career. And I think we'll figure out why. (laughs) But, you know, still very clear that she is in charge. Over time, the couple gained more and more assets. In fact, they decided instead of being bothered with oil changes of their Lexus and Mercedes, because now they've added some Mercedes. I mean, how could you not? They couldn't be bothered with oil changes. They just go ahead and buy a new vehicle every time. Stop. Er, six months. No way. Yeah. Wow. Why would we change the oil? We should just get a new vehicle. Yes. The I'm, de- the, I'm the jealous The dealership now. literally was like, they get a new vehicle instead of an oil change. Dang. They also decided that vehicles were not enough. And it didn't get them from place to place fast enough. So they went ahead and just... Threw down a measly 50K, which is an entire year's salary right? for Sandy, on a little plane so that they can fly to dinner and their vacation home oh on the weekend. <laughs> this is, they are living their oh, best they're life. They're living my best life. Yes. I want this life. On Sandy's fruitcake salary. <laughs> This is fruitcake accounting salary. He doesn't even own it. Bob McNutt doesn't even have a private plane, and he sells three million pounds of fruitcake a year. I love so much that he's clearly embezzling money and not even discreet. Like, gonna buy a plane. Now I've got a plane. Gonna get a new car. And a private pilot because he didn't get a pilot's license i mean yeah you're gonna get a plane you need a pilot an fbi agent was like yeah one night they just flew to sacramento to for dinner it was like an eight thousand dollar night just to go get a steak you know what at a different i i love sandy sign me up for that anyone out there that wants to adopt me (laughs) but this is amazing like if i'm gonna go down i'm gonna live my best life before i do the thing is that we'll get to is that had he been more discreet, he totally would have got away with it forever. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, T- tell me more. Greed will get you. Yes, it will. So their home also was in a constant state of updating, albeit not for good taste. When they started showing on that documentary some photos and video footage of that house, I was like, oh, God, millions. And that's what you do with it? <laughs> That reminds me of Dumb and Dumber when they get the money and um, they they get like the outfits and he's got like the fur boots. Yes, <laughs> it is a hundred percent. Just picture that from now on because that just is what their house looks like. It was like I that chandelier cost fifteen thousand dollars. Are you sure you were ripped off? Oh, it was so bad. Oh boy. So obviously people are asking some questions. I would think so. This is a small. The bakery is a family-run, tight-knit business. They know what he makes a I'm year. I'm picturing, like, our town and somebody just, like, rolling up in their plane. Absolutely. Your neighbor. Like, me, like- <laughs> because the airport, you know, the little airport in our tiny-ass town. Yes. Legitimately, we do have an airport, you guys. It is, like, in a field. It is a field. And it is kind of, like, back behind my house. Could you imagine me with these high-end sunglasses just rolling up with you're my like airplane? Chris Kris Jenner extra. Yes. And you're just like, oh, my, I've got to get to work. My lips are fuller. My ass is bigger. My boobs are higher. 
all of a sudden. And I'm just like looking at you from the rim of my sunglasses like, I can so I can see you. I'll see you later, honey. And as I jump into okay, my Mercedes. I have to Mercedes, go do an investigation. I'll yeah, be right back. My heels clicking. Click, 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 click. I'm shaking my fake butt as I'm walking to my vehicle. I'm jealous. Yeah. Like, I want this lifestyle too. For sure. I want a fake butt. This is Sandy and Kay Jenkins. Me too. Oh. So obviously people are asking these questions like, dude, what's going on? And he says to different people, different things. One was that he sued his father-in-law over a trust fund, and he Mm -hmm. won the money. I'm a trust fund baby, actually. My wife is a trust fund baby, and I just had the gahonas to sue my father-in-law over it. Okay. Oh, all right. Inheritance, if if you will. He then, this this one is my favorite. It tells us everything we need to know about Sandy Jenkins. (laughs) All right. And what he's got going on upstairs. He said he figured out how to flip cars, you know, like you would houses. Oh, Sandy. Except the problem with that, if you don't know, is that cars are depreciative in value. They are. But not him. He's so smart that he has figured out how to make them an equitable asset. Oh, Sandy. Wow. Yeah. And they're like, so people at the bakery are like, okay, whatever. Okay. You know, just yeah. like, must be nice. What, that would have gotten me off of his trip. Like, okay, I don't want to hear any more about right. this crap. Right. And honestly, and seriously, like, I really get the impression that because they're a family-run company and just everyone is so close, that they did, it didn't dawn on them that there was a monster among them. Mm, yeah. I mean, really. You know, I could, I mean, people probably didn't want to believe that this was actually, like, yeah, happening. this isn't going to be their first go-to of, oh, he must be embezzling from the company. Okay. Especially not because, like, Bob McNutt talks about how he literally, in a, when you put it in this perspective, I get it. I can see why I wouldn't have been able to comprehend this either. He figured out once they were, like, going over transactions and stuff, and we'll get to that in a minute, that he, Sandy Jenkins attended his father's funeral. So Lee McNutt, mm-hmm. he attended his funeral, and then the very next day stole, like, $50,000 to write a check out of their business oh my god the very next day and so like you know for bob he's looking through all the evidence and at these transactions and looking at the dates and putting two and two together of like oh my god that's the day after my dad's funeral my dad who you know helped Mm -hmm. start this bakery or bought this bakery from the original person who started it whatever and and he helped himself the day after burying him so i absolutely can see when you when you put it into perspective like that this is why they didn't automatically go to this man has all this money he must be stealing it from us Mm -hmm. because they wouldn't ever think that he someone's capable of that among them bob mcnutt like just saw the good in everybody yes he does he's still alive we can talk to him (laughs) just so you know okay we were kind (laughs) of talking about him like he isn't with us anymore like bob is thriving he's he's the good in everybody so he probably didn't want to assume that Sandy was a shady slime ball. And like, who's to say that he's his wife didn't have a big inheritance and she seemed to run the pants and wear the pants, right? You know, so I I guess what are you gonna do? But I get it. If if a coworker started coming in with you know 
arriving via plane at work, I may not do digging right away. <laughs> when he starts asking if we can put a runway in the parking lot, you know, you wonder. Like, oh, but somebody must have come into, into some, some money. money. Yeah, that's exactly what they're thinking. So, and what he did was at first he was dipping into the store's petty cash. Okay, so that's how he kind of started out, just wetting his whistle. Got a taste. Yes, he was just dipping his little feet in there mm-hmm. at first. But then he soon started writing himself massive checks and covering his own tracks. So no one suspected because he's so mousy and shy what he would do. And and so what he was doing was he would send an invoice out. Okay. So he could, cause he was doing the invoicing and mm-hmm. writing the checks. So he's sending this invoice out and then he would write a check to like capital one, mm-hmm. something like that. That's paying his own credit card bill but he would put it in the system as if he was paying that invoice. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So that's one way, one thing that he was doing. And another way that he was doing this was he would mail a check and it would either to himself or to pay a bill. And then he would void it in the system. So it would look like, yep, I wrote this check, but in the actual account part, it's voided. Okay. So it's, you know, it's no longer. So then he'd get it in the mail and be like, thank you, Sandy. Yes. But in in the system, it it looks like it was voided. voided. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, and all of that had started in 2004. And what was going on is it's like slowly they're seeing, I mean, this is a big company. When you're talking 1.5 million fruitcakes a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a lot of coming and going. Happening. I mean, if you're buying planes and cars all the time, you must, we're talking substantial money to yep. be able to embezzle. And so what they would, what happened is the company started struggling and they're like, what, where, what's happening? Because we know approximately how many we're going to sell a year, mm-hmm. right? And so then we hit that number or we even exceed that number, but our finances are not thriving. Like we would, they would be one to $2 million short. One to two million dollars a year short from what they projected at the beginning of the year, given the goods that they know they sell. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Darlene Johnson was VP of marketing. She started in 2002 in various positions, and she was actually the first female executive to be hired at the bakery to, to work her way up at the bakery. Nice. She was the first to notice something wasn't right. So at first she's like, "Okay, is it in market? Are we spending too much on marketing? Are we spending too much on ingredients? Um, ingredients. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I love that. <laughs> spending too much on ingredients. In, on ingredients. It's like, what process is happening? And it took them quite some time to really try to figure this out because it's such a big, successful operation that mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you know, the cost of goods have increased. Is that what's going on? They started changing like sugar vendors, all these sorts of things. Sandy Jenkins was asked to help look into what's going on. And wouldn't you know it? He couldn't come up with an answer either. By golly, I'm shocked. By gosh, by golly, right? Then this young woman is hired. Her name was Symmetric Walker. She was brought on and asked to look in 2013 at some transactions. Now, I would do want to keep this into perspective here. She is a black young woman coming into... Corsicana, Texas, mm-hmm. well-established family-owned company, Sandy Jenkins, a middle-aged schlump of a white man, is her superior. 
her boss. She starts looking at things and is like, oh, she notices some transactions right away. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, a check written for $10,000 to Capital One, but the company has no account or relationship with Capital One at all. So she does as you are supposed to do. She goes to her superior, asks her superior about it. Who is Sandy Jenkins? Mm. So, of course, Sandy's like, oh, no, that... That's an error. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. This was just an accident. I will clear it up. Wasn't supposed to be to Capital One, whatever. Like gives her the, you know. The spiel. Yes. Yep. So then she then discovers that there's more checks, but they weren't logged into the system at all. So she really just kind of starts looking at things on her own because of the way she could tell that first encounter with asking Sandy about it. He's squirming. Mm. He's not acting so right. So she was on to him. Her radar was up, but it's her boss. She would like to keep her job, right? Sounds like she started seeing things like very quickly. She did. She absolutely did. And she, um, which I think it does take an outsider's perspective. She didn't have like that family connection. Mm-hmm. She actually in the documentary talked about how she did not interact with everybody. She wasn't as intertwined as everybody else was. She came to work, she got her work done, and she went home. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helped give her different perspective. I agree because it sounds like everybody loved Sandy, so they weren't going to think yes. that he was up to something like yep, this. Exactly. She actually starts taking some stuff back to her desk and looking at it privately yeah. and on her own. I'm loving like, this. Oh, yeah. She's like a Symmetric, badass. Like she, oh, absolutely. And she does her own little mini investigation until she's absolutely sure. But in the meantime, she starts noticing some other things. Like at one point in time, he asks her to put a watch into the safe for him. So she does. And she got nosy and looked up the watch online and discovered that the watch was valued at $75,000. Oh, my gosh. So she's like, um, I'm sorry. Huh? Like how? Like I, I know what I'm getting paid. I right, can't right. imagine that you're getting paid to the point where you can have a $75,000 watch. Okay. I would definitely be raising an eye- eyebrow too. Yep. And she was paying attention to like the vehicles that he was driving. At one point in time, she was, I believe, confronting him about something. Like Not confronting, but just like inquiring about mm-hmm. something and he was like I'm gonna have to talk to you about this later I uh I'm I gotta go to the doctor's I've got a doctor's appointment well the next day he was like I wasn't telling you the truth I wasn't at the doctor's I was actually meeting with my realtor and he starts showing her this house that him and his wife are looking at that's like seven hundred thousand dollars and so now her radar is really going off and so then she discovered many other checks that didn't make any sense and she went back. She started in 2013 and then went backwards through the years. When it's all said and done, she discovered 888 checks over a span of nine years, totaling over $16.6 million. Oh, my gosh. $16.6 million that he embezzled from this company. Wow. So it doesn't sound like the company noticed for quite some time, it, even with him nine doing years. it. Nine years. You're right, though. It's it probably, if he would have been a little bit more discreet, mm-hmm. 
Maybe skip the plane. I was just gonna say, maybe I don't know, fly first class like other people. Right. Like I mean, not me. I don't fly first class, but but I mean you didn't have to get your own plane, sir. Yeah, like if he would have maybe skipped a few of these like really over the top things, he could have probably lived well and embezzling and went under the radar. Actually there was somebody on the documentary that said had he stopped the year before and just completely stopped, he never would have been discovered. Because they wouldn't have known they wouldn't they wouldn't have brought Simi Trick in and they would have just chalked it up to yeah, all those lost. things that they were thinking of. Like it must have went into goods, it must have went into processing, this, that, the other thing. Yeah. Wow. He would have completely got away with it. Wow. Yeah. But, but they bring this he like kept pushing it and they kept lose you know, losing I mean, after mm-hmm. six he couldn't stop. He couldn't. No, I think it was an addiction. And when I go over everything that they found, you're definitely gonna I think probably feel the same way that it was like an oh addiction. Oh my gosh. She so, sounds amazing though. They bring this badass in and she's just yes, like and she took it above above his head at this point because she realizes he's the problem, you know. And they were heartbroken. I mean I'm sure. This was hard for everybody to to uh, accept. And when they fired him, they let him go. Like they had a police escort there. They were like, we will ship your personal belongings. But he was allowed to go to his desk and like pack, pack up a little box, you know, like you see in the movies. <laughs> yes. The police, the actual um, Corsicana, Corsicana, excuse me, police had to come in and go through. I mean, you're talking about having to go through all these transactions of the bakery. Okay, not only that, but then you've got to look at all the assets that Sandy and Kay Jenkins have. So this is extensive. And they discovered that he was using the mail system. So now they're like, federal. Yep, that's another charge. Time to call in the FBI because you used the mail system to commit this fraud. Which can be a very hefty punishment. Yeah. Just doing that. Yep. So now they're like, okay, we get the, you know, the fibby. Comes in. <laughs> yes. The original FBI investigator and this poor girl, her name is Christine Edson, but she had only been an, F- an FBI agent for like a year. So you know that she was like, I get the fruitcake case. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm lowest like, guy on the total po- totem pole, so I get fruitcake embezzlement. <laughs> you know, just as an investigator, I could see that because I remember being many years ago and being young and being like, really? This is what I get? Yeah. That would be my luck too, for sure. Uh, So it was her duty to figure out exactly how Sandy Jenkins had pulled it off so that he could be charged. I mean, they had to be very careful about all this. And she had to interview everybody to kind of figure, you know, what kind of person he is. And she discovers very quickly that he wants to be socially elite, that this is very important to him. Mm -hmm. They discover he bought a lot of jewelry, for example, like a $32,000 necklace, which, by the way, was ugly as sin. I was going to say, necklaces on dudes Mm -mm. like that? Oh, no, it was a female necklace. Oh, Oh, but Kate, let me tell you, Kay Jenkins, who ran the show... She her was taste living. was gothic. I was okay. It oh. makes me feel better that it was for for her at least because yeah. I can't. Oh, he had lots of watches, but she no. A lot of this. And this is what'll piss you off about the case. It was very obvious that a majority of this was to appease Kay. Oh, a hundred percent. She was really. She's behind a lot it. of the yeah, but. That's not who takes the fall for it. Common sense will take you down that path. I guess mm-hmm. I shouldn't throw allegations out there, but the whole town also speaks about it as well. Like, yeah, we know she was way more involved than she was willing to admit. But 
in total, they had $3 million in jewelry. Oh my, oh my gosh. Yeah. What is it with the jewelry? They still have um, two, there's like a jewelry store in Corsicana that still has two watches in a safe that they never picked up. Both of those watches were, were worth $100,000. So like to just be like, hey, yeah, hold that watch for me. And then they just never came and picked it up. They forgot about it. Oh my gosh, that's so ridiculous. And the watches were so ugly. Oh, uh, they were so ugly. I am not a big like extra person, so mm-hmm. I to me that would be like the last thing on my the list. The last thing I'm buying is jewelry too. That's not my bag. Like most definitely. Riding an ostrich into a party or something. Of course. Okay, maybe. With but. a boa around <laughs> yes. my neck. Yes. yes. But Jewelry, jewelry now. No. I don't. Why do you need jewelry when you've got a boa and an ostrich? <laughs> right, exactly. Just, come on. It just gets in the way. <laughs> I am right there with you. This is why we're best friends. Because yes. I, you know, that's yeah. exactly what I would do. And everyone's going to be looking at your ostrich and your boa. You don't they're need not, the jewelry. Exactly. So they're not even going to notice it. It is a waste. <laughs> I forgot to mention this. You know, with the Lexus vehicles and the Mercedes. Um, Kay fancied herself a Jaguar. And what she would do is she would order one in the same color every six months or so when she got a new one. Every six months. Because they can't get the oil changed. Right. But because she didn't want people noticing that it was that it was new every time. She was trying to. Yeah. And there was like a story that one person told about how at one point in time the car came in in the wrong color and she like freaked out oh my, on the okay. dealership all right and was like no you will reorder me my new my jaguar mm-hmm. these yeah. two oh my god i know i know they and they spent um two million dollars just at the lexus dealership alone that's not counting any of the other dealerships with the vehicles that they had they had their private plane which by the way for a trip taught cost twenty thousand dollars in fuel oh my gosh yeah they would go to the Caribbean, to Napa Valley. They had $50,000 just in wine. His whole year's salary, just in just wine. Just in wine. Just in wine, you guys. I don't know. Do you think it might be worth it to go to prison just to live like one year this just, way? Just like this. Like just, just the imagine? finest things. Mm-hmm. And they, boy, did they. And I apologize because I misquoted. They went from Corsicana to Corsicana to Austin just to go to lunch. Oh my god. Yeah, I think I I think I had named a different city. I'm, it was Austin. They spent 3.2 million dollars on private jet jetting alone. Just jet setting around just because yep. yep, alone. 3.2 million, which is stuff that is not assets they can get back. That is consumable goods. Mm-hmm. They spent that on vacations, they spent that on food, they spent that on like not something that they can I mean they can Obviously, seize the plane and sell the plane, but not any of the the they, wine they consumed, the caviar. And, yeah, and uh, they lived this way for a long nine time, Nine years. Right? Wow. Here's the best part. Neiman Marcus called them fruitcake and cupcake. Oh, wow. Because they actually ran out of things to sell them. Kay had bought every Louis Vuitton purse, every expensive watch anything that was of huge value in that store every season she bought oh my gosh and apparently they knew he worked at the fruitcake factory or excuse me bakery so they called them fruitcake and cupcake 
they even had nicknames. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Now I do feel really bad for Bob McNutt because he had a lot of guilt over this, like it was somehow his fault, and he he felt like he had let the family business down and was ready to walk away from it. Like he wasn't capable. And that really broke my heart because don't let this evil person. Oh, Mr. McNutt. Yes. Like you, dude, the only thing you're guilty of is having a really big heart and loving your employees. Yeah, trusting your employees. Yes. So it was very difficult for him to accept. And unfortunately, we don't, people don't always, and it's, it's not a bad thing. I don't have it, unfortunately, but people don't always like have that radar for shadiness. Yeah. And you very much get that impression when you watch the documentary of their interviews. Mm-hmm. I mean, all documentaries are edited and, and um, produced for entertainment value, of course. But these people are just... They're good they're, people. Uh, they're people that they would interview Amber around our small town. Oh, I mean, just absolutely. Yeah. You're just like... There, there really are people that don't consume true crime like we do. Right. Who genuinely feel See like. See the good the, in people yes, or whatever that weir- means. I don't know. They're weird as fuck, but yes. I hear they're out there. No. Yeah, but like some people really do just see the good in yes. everybody. Yes. And I and wish I could live that way. Me too. But our jobs have made it impossible for us to ever live that way. Absolutely. It sounds like he didn't. Yes, he's he has ran a fruitcake company that brings joy, joy to the world. Exactly. You are bringing fruits and cakes, sometimes with booze to the world. You and everyone loves you it. You are freaking Santa Claus. Yeah, really. So, of course, Bob McNutt doesn't think that there's evil among mm-hmm. him. Everyone's happy that works yes. there. Yes. They did talk about, they did get a warrant. Okay, the first time that they went to their house in Corsicana, which was a really beautiful house, I'm sure that comes as no surprise, they weren't there. I don't know if they got wind that, I I mean, well, we'll find out. They definitely got wind that, like, you know, the heat's coming down on them. Uh But they weren't there, and they had that warrant, so they started seizing assets. But there was so much stuff to go through. Oh, I bet. They had a grand piano. They had a sauna. They had all that wine and whiskey. To, to have to itemize and catalog because anything of re, that, that had value, they're going to sell to try to give back to the fruitcake factory, yeah. uh, bakery. Yeah. Okay. It's their so money. Mm-hmm. they had a huge safe that had a ton of jewelry in it. And the FBI agent was actually like, it looked like a museum. But the thing is, there was a whole bunch of empty watch um, displays in that safe as well. So they're like, we're. Where are these watches? They had, of course, ton of clothes, shoes, bags. Here's the most interesting. There were, like, I think 19. I'm not sure if I made note of it. But there was a bunch of spiral notebooks where Kay had kept records of all their jewelry purchases and the dollar amounts. Oh. Oh, yeah. So later when she tries to say, because this is her defense, that she just doesn't know what things cost. And she had no idea that her husband was embezzling all this oh, money. Yes. She thought he just made a pretty decent living and she had no idea how much it cost. Come on, Kay. So then the FBI's like, 
cool, 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 okay? Except we have 19 spiral notebooks of your records. Your handwriting where you wrote that that one watch costs $100,000. She probably loved it too. She'd write it down and be like, oh. <laughs> she had an orgasm yes. every time she wrote it. <laughs> no, I wish I had made note of how many notebooks it was. Um, it was a lot. So they're kind of like, sure, yeah, yeah keep, like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You stick with that story, Kay. Okay. Yeah, I just thought he was making good wages at the fruitcake place. I As got a new car every six months. Yes, because all accountants of a bakery are rolling it in, rolling in the dough, if you will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we are are just killing it. Yes, we are. This As we week, pat ourselves on the back. Merry right? Christmas to all of you. <laughs> So many people are like, I'm shutting you off now. (laughs) I can't take any more. just said rolling in the dough. (laughs) Jesus. This is what gets weird too. So what ends up happening is, you know, I talked about those, that missing jewelry containers. Yeah. Yeah. So they actually have a daughter who I'm not going to name that was going to school in a different part of Texas. And an off-duty police officer finds a whole bunch of jewelry on the side of a lake in like in just in the shallow waters mm-hmm. of this of this lake in the same town that their daughter went to school in and he called like a local jeweler well long story short all these watches have a, a serial number on them i mean we're talking $100,000 watches okay of course they have a serial number uh-huh. that is attached to the owner okay so they figure this out well then the police officer is like oh whoa whoa you know, they've got warrants, so they call Corsicana, and they're like, hey, you might be interested in knowing a whole bunch of watches and jewelry that is registered to these people was just found on the shore of a lake and in a lake, and we <laughs> don't know what it's about. So they found, in total that day, 16 watches. They had a dive team go into the lake and recover more, 38 total a gold bar and gold coins, which totaled, totaled a quarter of a million dollars, was just haphazardly thrown wow. in a lake in Austin, Texas, where their daughter went to school. All right, I'm not going to lie. If I had that money, I would want a gold bar, too. <laughs> I would. Just, right. Yeah, just, just to, to have say, it. I've got a just, gold bar. Yep. Just, I always, just a, as a kid, thought they were, like, the coolest They are today. really cool. I would want one. Just a gold bar. I would. Well, he threw his in a lake. Now, was this a re, you know. I bet they were st- crying. They're like, oh, <laughs> I think jewelry. that they were planning, it was part of their bug out plan. Oh, for sure. And this is, I'm going to come back and recover this. But also, why the fuck can't I ever, I go to the lake all the time. I have a boat. Why can't Can I, I stumble a across? Bar? Thank you. Or a watch that's a $100,000 $100, $100, watch. Yes. Just once in my life. I know. No, I find the crap out of a bubble gum machine that some kid discarded and stuck his gum to. I step in goose shit when I'm at the <laughs> lake. True. Like, what the heck? So true. <laughs> so, oh. there, and also, people really do still believe in the town that he had, this isn't the only thing that, that he had stashed, that there was plenty that they had stashed, and that Kay knows all about, like, where it's at. Oh, so there's stuff that was never found. Well, he had time to cash out and do what needed to be done to hide things because he wasn't arrested right away because it took a while to go through. Put all this together. Yes, exactly. He ends up going back to his home in Corsicana 
So there he is. He was gone for three weeks from the time that he got fired to the time that he returned. And in that three weeks, they had shown up and seized a lot of his property at the Corsicana house, right? So for some reason, he goes back. Like, you have all this money. You could have bugged out, man. Mm -hmm. You've got a plane, for that matter. Like, But he doesn't. And I don't know if they just, I don't know why. But he answers the door because they go back to seize more property. And they charge and arrest him and do a second search on the property. So on um, August 12th, 2013, he was arrested him. They took all of his cars. He went to a federal detention center. Kay was allowed to live in the house, even though they had confiscated everything except her clothes. And during this time, she called the head, like, cotillion girl who is on the documentary. And she was like, where do I send my cotillion dues? And she's like, oh, honey, you are out of the social elite club. No. Oh, that is just the best. She only had her clothes. And she wants to pay. Still her. wants to be mm-hmm. a member. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, honey, no. Yeah, right. You, exactly. You are broke. No. <laughs> no, honey. <laughs> yep. You, your fancy things are gone. You're Sorry. out. You don't get to be in our fancy little club. Loved your wines and cheeses, though. <laughs> That's my favorite part of this whole thing. <laughs> That's great. So then Kay divorces Sandy. <gasps> Oh, no. Because, you know, what's she going to get from him anymore? She claimed that she didn't know anything. Oh, shut up, Kay. Yep. And and everyone's like, oh, my God, you literally ran his life. Yeah. And you two didn't even sleep in the same room, which this was funny. His lawyer, they had the same lawyer, um, Brett Stalkup, and um, he called, he called Sandy meek, sad, and cowardly. And said he needed a therapist and a friend, and that he was he believes that Sandy was full of shame and guilt, but he also was like, if I had to put a value from one to ten on Sandy and Kay's marriage, it'd be a two. Mm. It was like, oh, that's from their own lawyer. So even though they were living with the finer things, they were not happy they together. Were not, they were not. Money cannot buy happiness. It sure can't. No, no. And if it buys you a K, no thank you. I would no. pass on that. Um, So his lawyer had Sandy talk to the FBI, explain why he had done it, how all of that stuff. He was really cooperative with the FBI. Um, He said he was, there was a part of him that was really relieved because he was living in fear all the time of being caught. It sounds like he got to the point where he kind of just surrendered, like, eh, I'm fucked. Yeah. (laughs) I I give up. And actually, when the FBI agent asked him, like, why'd you throw all that stuff in in the lake? And they found a little bit in a trash can, too. He was like, "I, I don't know. It literally, I was panicking, and it was the stupidest thing I've ever done. And then he goes, well... The second stupidest. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, and it was actually, I th- think that I said this earlier, but it was actually his lawyer who said if he had stopped a year earlier, he never would have got caught. Wow. He just couldn't do it. He couldn't just have a plane, two houses, a $55,000 right? wine cellar, all I think these he was watches. Well set. Like, you're fine. What more do you need, man? But this is the, this is greed at its finest. It this is. is what happens. You are never satisfied. Also, I'm a firm believer that in the more money you make, the more money you spend. Oh, absolutely. So, like, why it, it really does not buy happiness. And it really just boils down to he had a strong desire to be liked and he longed for social acceptance. 
His friends were actually all of his vendors. His his lawyer said this too. It's like the saddest part is that his actual his friends who he thought were his friends were really just his vendors, like the jewelry salesman and the oh, car salesman. That's so sad. And all of the contractors that worked on their home, and so that's why they continued to do those things because because he was paying for it exactly and it would he would go back you know go and and shoot it up chat it up with shoot it up sorry he's not doing drugs i meant i mean he could i was trying to say shoot the shit and it i words man but you know he'd go and talk to his his car salesman thinking they're your friend no he's getting a hell of a commission off of you yeah of course he's gonna be nice he loves to see fruitcake and cupcake walking through that door heck yes you know Crime Curious is bringing a valuable lesson this Christmas. It sure is. All of the things cannot buy love, self-acceptance. This is like Ebenezer Scrooge in a different way. It is. Like we brought a Christmas lesson to the world. It all comes full circle. It really does. Uh, So. And now I will sing. No. (laughs) (laughs) And now for a song. A little number I've prepared for you. Oh, so here's here's where it goes. I told you the ledger, all of the the notebooks and whatnot. So they've got K on that. Uh-huh. Like you knew what everything was costing, costing. Yeah, if you what were the value track of it. Of was. it. Yep. But also, their vacation home in Santa Fe, New Mexico, the mortgage was signed by both of them, and it claimed on that mortgage that he made twenty five thousand dollars a month, not fifty a year. Because Kay is trying to claim that she thought he made 50 a year. Mm-hmm. And her signature was on it. So, bam. Mm, got her. Now we got her. So, she was charged with conspiracy to commit uh, money laundering, making false statements statements to financial institutions, and laundering. Um, the bakery wanted the return on the seized property, obviously. And, of course, they're not going to get $16.6 million back. Yeah. They, they consumed a lot of what they had. So everything had to be cataloged and sold. They have the the house sold in 2000, it was like 2014, I believe, sold for $197,000, which is not a lot at all. It is a beautiful house that was market value at the time in 2014 since the, the housing, you know, market has boomed since then here. But I was like, when you see that house, you're going to be like, oh, like oh. that is crazy. Bummer. Crazy. It was beautiful. And a, an old woman, I loved her. Her name is Peggy Harvey. She bought it. She collects things with cats on it. Love. Like napkin rings, all kinds of stuff. She was not from Corsicana, so she knew nothing about this oh. family. So she just bought the house because it was beautiful and she could afford it. She She's, She's like, I can put all my some stuff. stuff in it. Yes. And that is exactly what she is. Like, she has cats. I love this for her. And um, I have a quote from her. And people that made the documentary were like, what would you do with nearly $17 million? And she's like, I don't mean to be unkind, but these people had no taste. <laughs> she's like looking around. She's like, I would not have done this. She's like, you know, the cat places where they save cats. Those places would have gold floors. Oh my gosh. That's what Adorable. she would do with seventeen million. That is so cute. After and they showed on 
they panned the camera on the documentary to all her different cat stuff. She's got like the cat um, cuckoo clack. She's got cat ceramics, all kinds of stuff. Oh, I just cats. love her. She loves cats and she loves rescuing them. And, and she'd have them walk on gold floors. Yes. I love it. That's so cute. She did say that when she had her grandson moving something, they did find a credit card from Okay, in in uh, oh, wow. Sandy Jenkins. Yep. Wow. Yep. And the whole town showed up for the estate sale. Oh, did like, they? Oh, yeah. Actually, Bob McNutt went to the sale and handed out free co- cookies from the bakery and told them to buy a lot because oh my gosh, everything great. that was sold was going given to back bakery. to them. Yeah. Yes. And this is where the the people at the bakery discover that these people had a mattress. Made out of horse hair. No. <laughs> Made out of horse hair. That sounds so uncomfortable. Thank you. That's what I thought. Have you ever been on a horse? <laughs> yes, and I, I am not no, a fan. I don't too want, big for me. I do not want a bed of horse uh, hair. No, it's coarse. It's like, it, it no, was thank you. $39,000. I didn't even know you could do such a thing and I know wow I just don't even not not a horse hide just to be clear it was it's, not a hide it's the hair the horse didn't die they were just shaving it and collecting it <laughs> gluing it making a mattress out of it and selling it for forty thousand dollars oh my gosh and they had two of them. We should make stupid crap like that. Like, what Who? are the finest things people would, rich I, people would want? Right. I do love, Bob McNutt was like, I wouldn't want their mattresses. Like, who bought that? Like, they sold everything at this estate, sta- estate sale. Oh, so like, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I wanted it. Um, it. One co-worker was like, yeah, I had some questions when they asked me to split a villa in Italy with them. I thought... Boy, he knows I don't make enough to split a villa. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So um, Sandy Jenkins did accept responsibility. He pled guilty to one count of mail fraud, one count of lying on loan application, and one count of conspiracy I, with his wife. Sorry to go back to the horse hair, but <laughs> like it's hard to move past. I was just thinking though, they didn't even sleep in the same bed. No, they had two. Oh, so they had separate horse hair. Yeah. <laughs> Separate horses, separate mattresses. If I'm getting a horse hair mattress, we're getting the strippers. Right. We're getting the whips. Yeah, like, there was nothing like that. Wow. Okay. No. He wasn't. This is like probably the first time ever that we find a white man in trouble who was not addicted to porn. He just was sleeping just on it. Addicted to mat- yes. To like weird the fine, shit. like really fancy stuff. Yes. All just, right. I just, I had to go was, back to there that. There was no mention of, of, high-end prostitution nothing i'm disappointed me too use your money wisely right. damn it you only get one shot and, you know those sex workers out there are they're working their tails off they deserve some big money a horse hair mattress to, to yes, rest their heads thank on thank you anyway God. carry on so yeah he did plead guilty okay Kay would not admit that she knew the money was from the bakery, um, but she did eventually admit that she knew it was bad. So she's like, I didn't know that it was from Collins Street Bakery, but I knew that it was dirty money. I think she annoys me more than anything. Me too. Oh, yeah. I I didn't know. You're really going to be mad in a minute. So she did plead guilty after several attempts to plead not guilty. A lot of people from the bakery went to the sentencing hearing. 
it was a crowded courtroom. They were sentenced on the same day, like together. Oh, I bet it really drew a crowd. Oh, it did. And it was weird for a lot of them because they almost felt sorry for him. Like, remember, they're good they, people. Yes, they're good people and they liked him. And just like, why did they're you like, do it this? Was Sandy. Yeah. Yes, Sandy from accounting. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure they were upset. Kay would not look at any of the bakery people during the sentencing. They've started this thing at the bakery. I just, I love their sense of humor at this bakery. They've started this thing in the morning where they have like samples of the cookies. And there's literally a sign by the platter that says cookie court. (laughs) And where everyone like takes a sample of the cookie and like kind of rates it Uh for the day of like what they're selling that. Yeah. Now, Bob McNutt did get to speak at the sentencing and talk about how they had not only hurt the business, but all the employees personally. He talked about how betrayed he felt, and he told the story about how he, how um, Sandy had attended his father's funeral and then stole $50,000 from him the next day. And that really, truly is just horrible. Absolutely. I I didn't put this in here, but when the company was struggling... They were laying people off. People weren't getting raises, Amber. Okay. So, and this is like a small town. So it's affecting the community. People lost their jobs. I mean, in total, $16.6 million is a lot. While while Sandy's sleeping on a horse Horse hair hair mattress. mattress, Surrounded by tacky gaudiness. Sleeping with a gold chain on and. Yes. A uh, Rolex. Yes. And then in people. With, with like four Jags and some Mercedes and That's, Lexus. That and makes me mad. Yep. And people were out of the job. Because you know people worked hard at that Absolutely. factory, I bet. Absolutely. The bakery got. Or bakery. I just said factory. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, when you, when you see I, their I production like a big line, production. it is. Yeah. It really, really is. You can't crank out 20,000 fruitcakes a day no. to ship out. I'm picturing like a big In a small. It is. Like a big warehouse like thing. Mm-hmm. They got back $5 million. In assets. That's it. From sixteen point six million they got they recovered oh, five million. Sad. Which the FBI was like, first of all, they were lucky to survive this type of this magnitude of fraud. And it was seriously because of the success of their fruitcakes is the only way the only reason this bakery they survived. Stand this. alone. Yep. Those fruit really cakes. those fruitcakes withstand time, yes, people. They do. Look at how they they made it through this. And yes. I'm hoping that this actually made their business bigger than ever. I I I With think so. Yes. Attention. I hope so. That's another reason why I wanted to cover I'm gonna the go case. buy one. That's why I wanted to cover the case. I'm like, yeah, because this is how they it's online ordering. Yeah. They only have a couple of bakeries in texas everything else is their online orders they're in what used before online it was mail order i was perusing so, though and these cakes are sold out so uh, I yeah mean, like everyone good for them i'm so happy for bob bob and his mcnuts yeah, yeah, because no one's getting a gluten-free cake nope no one's getting out. the sliced deluxe no but there's but others available there are and and also the fbi was like getting five million back was really good too like they were surprised they were able to get i'm glad they did back. get some back though i mean yeah, that's me five million is still yep. a good amount of money yep but i know when you talk about us over the course of nine years and the 16 million that that's a hard nut to swallow but <laughs> <It really is. laughs> but i'm glad i'm so glad that they're not only they're thriving and they're gonna survive this and and mm-hmm. it just sounds like their hearts are hurt and i I understand that. Yeah, that's that's the part that I think it's they were genuinely hurt by it. Yes. More than the money. Yes. It was the 
Yep. It was Sandy. The betrayal. It was the betrayal for yeah. them. Yeah. So Sandy was sentenced to 10 years. Well, no, stop. It's Ten been real. Years. I will see myself out. I was thinking he was going to get slammed. Dude, he embezzled for nine years and he got sentenced for 10. What? He lived his best life and got a decade. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is he, so he's still in there now, right? We'll or get is to he it. A, okay. Um, he didn't have any supporters in the courtroom. Like for him at all, and I think that also not made even the Lexus Steelers the, no. and the they cried too. Where was Neiman Marcus? Me. They all cried because there goes their commission. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Are you ready mm. for the real kick in the fruitcake? Give it to me. Kay got five years of probation. <gasps> she never even saw any jail time. What? So I mean, what? No. A lesson to all you young ladies out there. Get you a man's who will embezzle for you, and apparently you'll be fine. I literally am going Ish. to, like, right <laughs> after this. I'm putting it on my for Tinder all, right now. <laughs> there's hope for all of us. Must be willing to embezzle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's horrible. They were, everyone was very shocked at the light sentencing for I both of I would have been them. throwing fruitcakes at that. <laughs> Sentencing. The, the ones that didn't pass inspection. <laughs> the ones that have been They're around like, for a generations. Heart is a brick. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Here's my great 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 grandmother's yes. fruitcake. I could knock somebody out, I bet. I think it could. Oh, that's that's just sad. Isn't it, it really justice was not served. I'm sorry. No. So Bob McNutt got a letter of apology from Sandy Jenkins in 2017, and one of the quotes from it said, quote, My life of being an honest person is destroyed. Um um Sandy. Sandy, honey. What part of honest per when? When you what? were in yeah. the womb? Maybe. That is, if we're dating back the last time you were an honest person. I mean, there's a good chunk of his life that he was really shady. Not a very dishonest person. So he made it clear to Bob that it was not personal, that he had nothing against him, that he really liked him and really liked the bakery, but claimed also, like, I can't wait to get out of here so I can start paying you back, which I'm sure Bob, Bob McNutt was probably like, no, no, you've done enough. Yeah. It's fine. But sadly, Sandy Jenkins died in 2019 at a Fort Worth federal prison, and he tragically committed suicide. Oh, my gosh. I think he did feel bad. Holy crap. I didn't see it going this way. I I really hit you with the fruitcake brick with that one. I know. But. Wow. He did. Mm Mm-hmm. And Kate, so Kate divorced him and is just out there somewhere Living. digging up wherever they hid assets, I'm sure. Oh, you know she went back for all of those buried I mean, treasures. Who wouldn't? Right? So, a current, and as I said, a movie's currently being made called Fruitcake, starring Will Ferrell. Check it out. So, that's the case. Wow. So, no one, I mean, no one was murdered. You know, I'm Sandy sorry. I'm sorry, Sandy. Perished. You know, perished that way. That it was just too much for him. Everything, but yeah, wow. I didn't see the suicide coming at the I end. I know it's uh, in the documentary too. Bob seemed really like they were like, oh, oh my gosh. At the end, this one of the workers there, the journalist, was like, so do you remember where you were at when you found out that Sandy Jenkins committed suicide? And she goes. Yeah, I was right here because I wasn't aware he committed suicide. I'm like, wow. Okay, 
who's ever interviewing, maybe a little heads up. Before no you don't just assume that everyone had spread the gossip through the, the bakery because obviously they hadn't. Wow. So this woman was like, yeah. Just, just now. now. Oh, that's awful. And, and she's on camera. Like, oh, I was like, eep. It made me feel some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little tacky. Yeah, I agree. Oh, tacky, good word. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, there there it is. No one died for once. I'm You're glad welcome. the bakery survived. Me too. I really am. Yes, buy their fruitcakes, everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas from lie. Crime Curious. Probably going to buy one. We should send our Patreons fruitcakes. Oh, we should. <laughs> I'm not at those prices, no, though. I know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Pieces. We love you. We will buy one and we will <laughs> we slice pieces. It. Yes, there we go. Wrap it in some <laughs> booze linen. Perfect. <laughs> and you will thank us because with those um, calorie contents, you only need a little sliver Absolutely. Anyway. Yes, it's most of our bodies can only sustain a couple of bites, <laughs> yes. so it's fine. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to go pour some booze into my bed and <laughs> jump in. Because yes. booze oh linens are gosh. a thing Wow, that preserve you. Why aren't we sleeping in them every night? Oh my gosh. I bet it would do wonders for our skin. You know what? <laughs> yeah. That's the secret to looking ageless. Preserving yourself in alcohol. Booze linens. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Invention. There I was go. just going to say, and our next business venture is yes. introducing the Crime Curious Gals introducing booze linens. It's perfect. It is. Some come in flannel. <laughs> We're so full of good ideas. Oh, God. You know who's not, though? This brain bag. Oh, okay. This is not a good idea. It's a good lead in. Thank into. you. I'm just trying to segue to our brain bath here. So I looked up, just, I wanted to know about some Christmas crimes, because you know there are crimes the on Christmas yes. all the time. All right. And so I found this on vice.com. They were looking back at the most bizarre Christmas crimes of all time. And I really chose this article because I liked how it started. Nothing highlights the scuzzy, pustule-ridden, underbelly of humanity Quite like Christmas. That's <laughs> that's great. Like, pulls, it pulls you right in. I'm here. Yes. It thank pulls you, you right author. In. The Walmart stampedes, ye old drunken family stabbing, Santa dolls in Brazil filled with cocaine. <laughs> Terrible choices get rationalized when they are done in the name of giving your loved ones or yourself a better holiday. Um. Note to self, look up Santa dolls in Brazil filled with cocaine. I am here for it. I want to know more. Yes. And there's nothing like the generosity of others to highlight the terrible darkness that generosity can spawn. For every Christmas toy drive, there's Christmas toy drive crime scenes. Still, it's wonderful fodder for all of us smug secular folks and Jews to post indignantly about on Facebook, or just horrific inspiration for another Tom Waits song. Good God. This is a beautiful article. So snuggle up with the elf on the shelf that you're using to behaviorally modify your your child's shitty attitude. (laughs) Pour that eggnog and enjoy a brief history of the strangest season's crimes. I I am all in. Wow. Yes, sir. That's good. So here's a bath salt home invasion I'm going to tell you about. You had me at bath salts. Oh, yes. If Clark Griswold took bath salts, then it would probably go something like this. In 2011, a man named Terry Trent of Dayton, Ohio, got blasted on bath salts, walked into the back door of his neighbor's house, and decorated the place for Christmas. He lit candles and tastefully arranged them on the coffee and kitchen table. 
Terry even hung a Christmas wreath on the garage door and relished in the merry scene by blaring the television while playing with some toys that were under the tree. Terry, that is so nice. Did we cover this already? I think we did have a Christmas decoration one, but I don't remember if I it don't was know Terry. if it was Terry. But, well, there's more to this story. You know what? If we did cover it already. It needs to be covered again. You're welcome because here's the se- here's more info on it. I, I, don't, I don't remember the extent of the decorating, but I well, mean, I don't remember. Terry went all Terry out. Terry went all so. out, but also there's more because we have a Cindy Lou Who moment happening. Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> the sounds from the TV woke an 11-year-old resident of the house who went to inform his mom about the strange man downstairs. You think it's he was like, not, not to worry. It's just I'll scary. fix it up there and bring it back here. <laughs> this is just great. Yeah. It's great. This incident raises many questions. What if Santa were real and just had a synthetic drug problem? So that's how he does it. Bath salts. Yeah. Santa's secret. This is how he gets around so fast, everyone. Makes sense Probably now. a little meth up in there, too. Yep. You know? And Hope it, the kids weren't listening. Then they posed the question of, like, what if everyone was so thoughtful? Wouldn't it change the way we looked at addiction? Yeah. Well, yeah, if it was as beautiful as Terry Trent from Dayton, Ohio made it. Truly maybe. is beautiful. It what is. he did. So if we did cover that one, I know we didn't have the information that it woke that how we got caught. No, I think we might have had another Christmas uh decorator that was high. Yes, I so. I think it has happened multiple times. <laughs> So, I don't know. There was also, in this article, a SantaCon bank robbery. So, during SantaCon, it's a thing. I love that it is. An actual thing. One of the Santas was just like, you know what? SantaCon's going on. Everyone's dressed up like Santa right now. Let me just go ahead and try to rob a bank. Also, because of the SantaCon, cops never found him. Well played, SantaCon. Wow. What if Santa is actually stealing shit from all of us? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mind blown. That What if he's stealing something from one house and just giving it to the other, and it's never really from oh a gosh. bunch of elves? Wow. <laughs> we've given you a lot to think about Christmas. this holiday season. <laughs> yeah, make sure the kids aren't listening because we've just ruined their lives. <laughs> we have. So much. No one should be listening to a true crime podcast with their kid. True. With true, true, true. shot anyway. Yeah, so. you're right. We do really, truly hope that you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, Happy Hanukkah, all the beautiful things that you guys enjoy. You just stay safe and enjoy time with your family. And remember that money cannot buy happiness. It can buy a horsehair mattress. It can also buy fruitcake. But but it cannot buy happiness. Yeah, and that's what we've learned today. We have. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) the things we've taught people this week between your tiny penis revelation and this yeah we have given a lot this week we have so and we're wrapping up our our very first year in in business and on air so hey thank you all for listening to us we hope that 2022 is filled with more growth and wonderful um I thought you were going to say gross, (laughs) so I was waiting for, like... (laughs) 
I'm something grotesque. Are you ever so tired that you feel drunk? I do right now. Yeah, yes. that's where I'm at right now. So with uh, I'm drunk on my water and my sheer exhaustion. I am cranked on Claritin D. <laughs> you are. And that is true. So, yeah. But but in, in, seriously, thank you so much for listening. We will see you. We're coming back next in year. 2022. Yes. Uh, 100th episode. What? That will be happening. It's going to be a big deal. Yes, I think that it's due to release January 13th. So catch us on the 2nd. We'll be back with the new year, starting it off strong. And uh, we've got a lot to look forward to. So keep we hanging do. with us. Keep it curious. And uh, until until next year, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.